Today I'm talking to Wayne Tamel. Wayne's one of the first people to really focus on remote working and remote leadership. That was almost 15 years ago. And over this time, he's written literally hundreds of posts for us at Management Issues in his Connected Manager series. Wayne's also the co-founder with Kevin Eikenberry of the Remote Leadership Institute. And they've also written a book about it called The Long Distance Leader. Rules for Remarkable Long-Distance Leadership, which explores the subtleties and important issues we need to be aware of when leading in the world of virtual work. Good morning, Wayne. How are you doing this morning? I am ridiculously well, Miss Nicola. How are you? <laughs> oh, well, I think I better be ridiculously well, too. It sounds you know, like a good in option. times like this, you must embrace your denial. It is highly underrated as a defense mechanism. Oh, dear, oh, dear. In fact, the last time we were speaking, you were talking about how uh, people were going out and buying lots of nice top things to wear um, and not worrying about the bottoms, obviously, when you're doing uh, video calls and, and, and that sort of thing. And I, I just wanted to share with you that I got an email from one of my favorite shopping outlets with guess what a discount for the most absolutely divine shirt that I probably really didn't need but I have an interview that I'm going to be doing coming up and so it was you I think that said that it was absolutely essential to feel really good and buy a new shirt if one had an interview coming up so thank you for that. What color <laughs> was that bus you just threw me under? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, whatever you need to do, you know, as Jeff Goldblum said in The Big Chill, I don't know anybody who gets through the day without a couple of big, juicy rationalizations. <laughs> so let's jump into it now. I received a couple of pieces of research today, very interesting because they're contradicting each other, and I'm really interested to hear your take on this. So on the one hand, we have uh, an organization called Zen Business, and they're talking about the positive side of working from home for people who are not used to doing this sort of thing, from um, mental health improvements, more freedom, you can spend time with the kids, cook your favorite meal whenever you want to, etc. And then, on the other hand, I saw a piece of research that was from the Institute for Employment Studies, and they are saying that more than half of respondents to their working at home well-being survey are actually reporting aches and pains, particularly around the, the neck area, 58%, so pretty high, shoulder, back issues, and also that both diet and um, exercise have been impacted negatively and they're drinking a lot more. So what, what's your view on how people who've never had to do this sort of thing are, are being impacted? Well, I, I think it's really important that we remember that people are people, right? I mean, from something called Zen business, you would expect the more positive kind of side, other people are going to be doom and gloom? Uh, the answer is yes, it's a little bit of both. I think that there are some, just as leading remotely is the same as leading there, only slightly different, it's the same with working from home. And if you do a good job of managing your time and staying centered and uh, doing all that 
then you're probably going to be successful. Working from home is a huge change for people. And if we do not stay aware of what people's circumstances are, uh, it can create unintended consequences. You know, my wife and I are empty nesters and I work from home already. Five days a week, my lifestyle has not changed. And yet, we have to set boundaries around ourselves. We have are intentionally decided not to drink alcohol during weeknights. We are trying to make adjustments. Even though I work from home all the time, I am actually suffering some elbow pain because of all the extra time that I'm spending online these days. And I'm prepared for it, right? This is what I do for a living. If you have a lovely home office setup, your experience is going to be very different than if you're working from the north end of the dining room table and you don't have a good ergonomic chair and you are squinting at the screen on your laptop and you know, you've got kids bouncing off the walls and the dog needs to be walked and all these things that were never part of your work experience before. So yes, we are going to learn all the advantages of remote working and flexible work and all of that. And we are also going to discover that if you didn't do a real good job of managing your stress and your time and all of that before, this is not going to magically make it better. That's a a really good point. And as far as managers are concerned, do you think that they are taking time to understand and consider the different types of working environments that the people on their teams are having to endure. As you said, some are going to have children, they're going to be homeschooling the children, some will have home offices, others won't have home offices. So what are the sort of challenges that a a manager will face suddenly having everyone in this different type of scenario? Yeah, I think it's going to depend what the experience was before. Uh, Was it, for example, a highly social workplace where suddenly people who have worked together for a long time are now working in isolation? That is a very serious problem and a very serious change. Uh, Also, we are working with a situation where, and I think good managers are doing this instinctively, but we're also in a honeymoon period, if you can call it that. I think this last two weeks because of the unprecedented nature of what's going on and and people are so happy to be able to keep their jobs that working from home is a you know perfectly acceptable option and i I think that there's been this sense of we're all in this together and we're going to pull together and we're going to make it work and i think for the first couple of weeks we're seeing this in europe first because you guys got hit by the first second third whatever wave of this. For example, I was talking to a client in Germany and the HR society in Germany is saying people can't wait to go back to the office. Right? There's all this note, oh, once they've worked from home, they'll, you know, they'll never want to commute again and they're going, "No, we can't wait <laughs> to get back together." Because so much of our social life, our activity is tied up in our work. So Good managers are helping people overcome the isolation. I think we're going to start seeing some of the cracks in the facade a bit 
as the second, third week of being cooped up with the children and the dog and the spouse uh, starts to wear on people. And so good managers, I think good leaders, forgive me, do a pretty good job anyway of understanding what are the circumstances under which people are working. If you expect somebody who could work uninterrupted in the workplace to have the same uninterrupted mindset when they're home, well, just go in your office and close your door. It's not going to work. Uh, We need to know how are our people working. And on a bunch of levels, we need to understand what is their physical setup. Do they have an office with a door and a desk? Or are they looking for space on the dining room table, sitting in a straight back chair, um, you know, squinting at this little tiny screen? We need to know what are the circumstances under which people are working. And then there's the social circumstances. Do they have other people in the house? Is anybody ill? Um, you know, are they worried about family members who might live elsewhere and might be sick? We don't know what people are going through. And if we say, well, none of that matters, we need to work. And right now we're on this conference call and work is all that matters. It's going to be a disaster over time. Yeah. And as you say, week one, week two, fine, maybe into week three, but we are ahead of you over in Europe and you're talking you know, week four, week five, week six, it's it's going on. And more than that, certain governments haven't given people any indication whatsoever as to when they might return. And even though hopefully that will be sooner rather than later, nothing is being confirmed. And so you've got that uncertainty. So what are your thoughts around what leaders can do to help people stay motivated for however long the duration of all of this lockdown? Well, I think there are two things. And as I say them in my head, I know that this is not new to anybody who understands how leadership works. The first thing is we need to stay focused on the mission. Why are we doing what we do? Why does it matter you know, if, if people are only concerned about filling out the forms that they're responsible for filling out forms, that's pretty hard to get motivated for. If you understand what happens as a result of that, hey, people get their insurance payments and, uh, you know, good, good things happen when this happens, we can stay a little more motivated. So are people focused on why are we doing what we're doing and, and that always helps people stay motivated and focused. The second thing is to take the time to acknowledge or at least learn what's going on with people. One of the things that happens when we work remotely is communication becomes extremely transactional. And I know you are one of the most human-connected beings that I know, and I have heard you say, okay, we don't have a lot of time, let's get down to it, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. And there isn't the, how are the kids, right? How are you holding up? What's going on? Those conversations are maybe more important than ever. We need to stay connected. People in Western society for the last 150 years have gotten over 60% of our social interaction through the workplace. Very good point. Yes, of course. Yeah. I mean, this is a huge thing. Uh, 
you know, and depending on somebody's work style and their personality. As I say, my wife is bouncing off the walls a little bit, but we're empty nesters and we've got a big house and it's just us and it's okay. My daughter, who suffers from anxiety, is in a basement apartment in Chicago, unable to work. She is really struggling right now. And so everybody is going to handle this differently. And to put our blinders on and say, who cares, we're working and that's what's important, and not pay attention to those other things is going to, A, reduce productivity, if that's your concern, and B, it can cause some damage to relationships that going back to the office may not magically cure. Yes. And what about managers who quite like working from home don't want to do it the whole time but um are thinking hmm how about i work from home a few times a month or even a couple of times a week in a role where it is all about communication with people and interface what's the likely response when things go back to normal to a manager who would like to do more of that indeed how might they put forward the argument and phrase things such that it doesn't just look as if they spent some time at home and they thought it was rather cool and they didn't like the commute so wouldn't that be nice which might in some work environments not go down so well Um, or indeed have things moved on and are most employers more enlightened now and do you think people are going to be actually quite relaxed following all of this when people ask to do more Uh, working from home? Well, you know, I I think that as with most things, people either seek enlightenment or have enlightenment thrust upon them. And one thing we've learned from past experience is that once the remote work genie is out of the bottle, it is really hard to put back in. I'll give you a quick example. Client of ours in Houston, Texas, had a very strict do not work from home. Our culture is everybody comes to the mothership. Uh, You know, if you're looking to work from home, you're in the wrong place. And then Hurricane Harvey hit and the office was under two feet of water. And so suddenly everybody had to work from home. And when the carpets were dry and they said, come on, everything's fine. Come on back. A lot of people went can I work from home one day a week? Because I kind of like getting stuff done and I kind of like not being interrupted and being able to focus and not having to fight the commute every single day. And so they had to do a, a real bit of soul searching around what is the purpose of getting everybody together? Uh, is this policy really necessary based on company culture and and the work that we do or do we need to re-examine that and are people going to leave if we don't allow them some flexibility and so I think those conversations are going to happen once things start to return to whatever normal was for wherever you work Um, I think in terms of making the business case This will really tell. As we go through this time, are you doing a good job of connecting with your people? Are you maintaining relationships? Are you able to feel like you really understand the people who work with and for you? And if so, 
hey, this can kind of work. And so it's this giant experiment. And as with all experiments, some of the results are going to be surprisingly good. And some of the results are going to be awful. And boy, we don't ever want to go through that again. So I think we need to look at a couple of things when you're making the business case. Uh, Why do you want to work from home? Usually when we make the case, well, we don't want to fight traffic. We have problems with childcare. The commute is very expensive. Oh, and by the way, I can get more work done. (laughs) Anytime you're making a business case to the boss, your personal circumstances are lovely and ultimately unimportant. Right? What is the advantage to the organization? So you need to look at it from that end. Second thing is this is your chance to say, hey, we were able to keep productivity up. Hey, we still got good work out of everybody. Hey, the team worked really well together. And the one thing that is going to come out of this is that just as with Y2K, organizations said, the heck with it, let's just give everybody laptops. Right, The world changed Mm -hmm. as Mm -hmm. they were going through the Y2K study and the way that we compute and the way we work changed. There has been a sea change and the tipping point around things like using webcams, which people have resisted for 10 years, are all of a sudden, A, they're really surprisingly easy to use, and B, people understand the power of being able to see each other. So I think the fact that tools like Zoom and all the other tools that are out there and the fact that more and more people are using their webcam on a regular basis means that that is going to be more and more the norm. And that is going to make it easier to stay connected and build relationships and and uh, do some of the things that we thought we needed to be in the office to do. It's not going to replace everything. I am not one of those people who believes we have reached nirvana uh, because people aren't commuting. But it's going to be part of the discussion now, and, and there's going to be much less resistance than there was before. I was thinking about the consequences of all of this bigger picture looking for positives do you think that this is going to level the playing field that people coming back in general are going to be more empowered and able to reconnect with their workplaces in a bolder more empowered space because of all of this whether it's because they've just had some very valuable distance from the workplace, whether it's because they're feeling good because all the company pulled together as one and they're, um, they've, they've got the, the team feeling, uh, or whether it's because they, they know that their boss does not have to order them into work because that's the only way to get things done. What um, positive narratives do you see coming out of this that are going to be really pivotal pivotal for a change workplace moving forward? I think that I, I tend to be cynical is the wrong word. I think extremely practical. 
when it comes to the fact that human beings are human beings. I think that a lot of people are going to feel empowered. They are going to realize that when I control my own schedule, when I control when I do which tasks, when I have some control over what I'm working on and I am not you know, treated like a cog in a machine, that that is empowering. And I think that there is a percentage of the population who will take that and run with it. And as I say, the genie isn't going back in the bottle anytime soon. If you try to go back and micromanage those people, they are going to vote with their feet. One thing that we're going to discover when this goes back is turnover is going to go way up. And I mean voluntary turnover. Mm. Because uh, if you work from home, on a regular basis, for example, there is no barrier to changing jobs. Your commute doesn't change. The people that you interact with on a regular daily basis, you know, your desk mate mm. across the way, you're not seeing them all the time anyway. The only thing that changes is the network you log on to and the password you need. So if you are not emotionally, socially, missionally, is that a word? connected to your work, it's going to be easier to move around. So organizations are going to have to be aware of that. So I think for some percentage of the population, this is going to be a learning, empowering kind of experience. I also know that human beings, being what they are, a lot of people don't It's not that they aren't empowered, they choose not to be empowered, and they desperately crave the structure that they had before and will be really, really glad to just stop thinking for themselves and go back to work. And I think that's just a reality. The problem is that the people you want in your organization are probably the ones who are feeling most empowered. Gosh, that's an angle I hadn't thought of. And it's counterintuitive because a lot of people are just going to be so grateful to be in work at the moment. But for top talent, etc., organizations better watch out as to how they're treating people at the moment, whether um, they are communicating effectively with them. And as you quite rightly picked me up at the beginning of the Uh, the conversation that um, we can't be so focused on making working from home successful etc such that we forget the interpersonal side the human side that connectedness that you get when you're standing having a chat with someone by the water cooler and so on so enormously valuable insight thank you so much Uh, Wayne, have I missed anything out there? Is there anything on your site which is absolutely chocker with information on this issue that I should signpost people to or anything uh, else that's helpful that you'd like to add as we conclude? Absolutely. One of the things that Kevin and the organization have been really, really mindful of, and I I literally have lost count of the number of webinars and videos and things that we've done in the last week. If you go to remoteleadershipinstitute.com, there's a banner at the top, and we have a page that is just dedicated to 
working from home both as an individual worker and as a leader with lots of very specific videos. And as a matter of fact, the video from this morning, which is April 9th as we record this, uh, is actually on managers making too many sacrifices. And I think it's the most important video I've done in this series. Uh, so stop by. It's kevineikenberry.com slash COVID-19, I think. But if you go to remoteleadershipinstitute.com, it's right at the top banner. You can't miss it. Click on that. There are free resources, webinars, videos, all kinds of things that are available to you right now that you can use right now. Wow, perfect timing. Thank you very much for that and for your time today. Uh, look forward to catching up with you again soon. Thank you, Wayne. <laughs> thank you, Nicola, and thank you, everybody. Stay safe, wash your hands, uh, you know, take care of yourselves. And, and have fun, laugh. That too. <laughs> Wonderful. Thanks, Wayne. Bye.